Welcome to another PA Policy Podcast. I am your host, Jason Gottesman, joined by the very informative and very funny Neil Lesher. Hey, good to be here again. All right, great job. Good for uh, the introductions are through here. Uh, everybody knows what we do. I'm sure we're famous, right? Yes, we're we're local celebrities. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> well, now that we are on the World Wide Web uh, on what they call podcasts, um, we uh, we we do have that national acclaim, which is uh, very exciting. Uh, but speaking about things more locally here, rather than our uh, fame, which has gone from uh, coast to coast. Um, usually in the early morning hours when people can't sleep and are looking for a recipe for their restlessness. <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about some things that have been going on and maybe give a preview of what we might be doing next week in the legislature, because that's always exciting. Um, uh, I, I know, Neil, that w- we were talking offline about uh, the transparency yes. and the lack of it coming from the administration and how Republicans in the legislature are working to uh, provide that not only for the Wolf administration, but also local school boards. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, two recent bills we can talk about. Uh, let's start with um, public health data. Uh, the House moved a bill, uh, sent it over to the Senate. You know, I love public health data. I, I do, too. I read it every day. Um, that would require that public health data collected under the Disease Prevention and Control Act be subject to the right to know law. The governor is opposing it, which is confusing. I don't know why in the middle of a pandemic you wouldn't want to share as much information as possible with the public. Uh, and the House Democrats unanimously opposed it and even went so far as to make up their own reality about what the bill did. And I found it interesting, uh, you know, the Democrat talking point was that this was going to release individuals' personal health data to the public. Well, it's not true. And even the Penn Capital Star, which bills itself as being a progressive news outlet, I mean, they call themselves progressive, did a fact check on the House yeah. Democrat arguments and called them liars. I just thought that was amazing that they got caught well, out by and, their own people. And not only that, but actually uh, editorials across the state have basically been calling out the Wolf administration on these these lies. Um, right. I, you know, I was talking to somebody this week and I was like, look, I, I get if you're opposed to this bill, like come up with some legitimate argument. Like, uh, you know, we're in the middle of a public health emergency. Let's not change the rules midstream. Uh, but instead they just have, they, they come out with this, nope, it'll allow for the, the release of personal identifiable information. And literally everybody that has something to do with the right to know law, uh, former directors, uh, the the news media, um, you know, people in the legislature that actually read the law have been like, no, that's a lie. That's, right. that's a lie. Like, if right. you want to, to oppose the bill and find a reason, there there can be legitimate reasons out there why you oppose any bill. The, uh, new, the News Media Association publicly supports the bill. I mean, they've come out in support of the bill and, and, and congratulated us for passing it. Um, you know, and, and why is this important? Why is it important? There was a really Tell good... I'm, going, I'm about to. All right, good. <laughs> there was a really good opinion, uh, guest piece in broadandliberty.com, um, and it detailed... Um, You know, we've known for some time that a lot of the data or talking points coming out of the Wolf administration and the Department of Health are completely meaningless. The data is doctored to fit a narrative. And so as we've been hearing. Oh, you mean like releasing vaccination rates by legislative district? Right. Stuff like that. Except for Philadelphia. Exactly. So uh, anyway, so this piece, it talks about the fact that for, for the long time we've been hearing this narrative that at this point COVID is. Um, you know, a problem amongst the unvaccinated. It is a pandemic of the unvaccinated and everybody needs to get va- the vaccine. And, and for the record, I think that people should get the vaccine. There certainly is enough public health data out there to show that the vaccine is effective. Um, but why lie to people? And so what uh, this column goes through is um, the, the, the author was curious. Well, w- well, is that really true? So she submitted a right to know request and dug through the data herself. And it turns out that that talking point was based on data 
over the, the span of the entire pandemic. And, you know, so when they were putting out, hey, only 3% of the people who are testing positive for COVID or hospitalized are, are vaccinated, it wasn't true. In, if you look just at July and August of this year, about a third of the cases of people who tested positive or were, or were hospitalized were vaccinated. Now, I still think that the vaccine is effective, but why lie to people? And without access to the information by the public, we wouldn't ever know that they were lying to us. Well, right. That was the whole thing that I think, you know, some of us were questioning, which was, you know, they released the data from January till the, the present time. Well, the, Jan- the the vaccine wasn't widely available in January. So, right. of course, you know, you're going to have a larger percentage of unvaccinated people that uh, are, are coming down with COVID than vaccinated people when you go back to a time when literally the vaccine existed only for a select few. Right. So anyway, look it up, broadenliberty.com. I promise they don't pay me to uh, promote their site, uh, but they do have some really good information, and I would add that to your uh, your morning reads if you have a chance. I, I appreciate you being transparent, the fact that they don't pay you since we're talking about transparency. Right. I mean, well. <laughs> um, another bill. That, uh, sticking we're funny with, here. We got jokes. We got uh, jokes. Another bill sticking with the theme of transparency that we passed uh, was um, a bill that required school districts to simply post the, their curriculum and the materials being used in the classroom online so that parents can easily access what their ch- children are being taught. Right. And this isn't information that that isn't already publicly available. This is just a means to make it more convenient now that we are in the digital age and and again, in the world of COVID having dealt with this stuff on online for, for 18, 19 months. Right. Right. This Parents can get this information now, but instead of having to go through multiple steps and, and hassle, it would just be online. They can right. just look. And again, the House Democrats unanimously opposed it. Um, you know, recently in the news, uh, Terry McAuliffe, who's running for governor of Virginia, made a very controversial statement that he didn't think that parents should have any say in what their children are taught in schools. And, you know, we had here in Pennsylvania. Or what House, goes on in schools. They should not have any say what goes on in schools at all. At all. Yeah. At all. Just all, send it, us your kids. Yeah. And, you know, so here in Pennsylvania, the Democrats had a real hold my beer moment. And they said, no, we don't even think they should have to share the curriculum. I mean, it, that's crazy. Yeah, it, 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 it really is. It's it's let's make it so difficult to know what we're teaching your kids uh, that you are going to be discouraged from finding out at all. And, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody about this uh, earlier this week, and they were like, well, why do people who don't even have kids in school even need to know? Uh, and I was like, well, every this they're public education. Yeah, they're paying for it. You know, um, uh, you know, again, it's like, you, you know, you, you, you go and you get worked on on your car and you go, well, what what? you know what well what did you do and they go well let, let me need to know yeah let, let me tell you uh you know you're you're gonna have to send a, a form in to subaru headquarters uh and then in three to six months we might finally yeah but i got a i got a noise thing oh don't worry we'll take a look at that for you yeah. well, what are you gonna do well again here's the form you need to fill it out you need to send it in and in 90 days we might tell you what we're gonna do you, you can either wait or li- but i'm paying you don't want me to pay for this right yes yeah you need to pay for that right now if we actually told people what we did to their cars, it could create a very dangerous situation for our mechanics. Yes, yeah. Well, so we can't have that. Well, that's, and, it, you know, the mechanics union is very strong. Right. <laughs> well, so uh, the good news is the Senate took that bill up this week. Uh, of course, as the Senate tends to do, they moved a few words around. And so the House will concur in that uh, next week when we're back in session and send that to the governor. And he's going to have to make a decision. Uh, about whether or not parents should simply be able to view the curriculum that their 
students or their children are being taught in school. Well, given that the most liberal governor in America uh, also turns out to be one of the least transparent governors in America and in Pennsylvania history, I, uh, I kind of wonder what side you'll be on on that one. Right. But he's new to politics. He's only been at this for seven years. Uh, that's true. That's what he says. That's, that's what, what he tells he people. Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> So that's a good segue into what's coming up, right? Yeah, well, let's just take a pause. Uh, I think it just maybe hit something in the in the interim here uh, on some of these debates going on relating to the process of the most recent mask mandate. Just want to point people to the fact that uh, there was a, a oral arguments yesterday uh, and uh, on the the mask mandate re- relative to. Uh, whether it was properly implemented. Uh, so that lawsuit is being done by uh, some lawmakers who are in their personal capacity as well as um, folks who are, you know, st- uh, parents and schools uh, who have, have issues with it as well, uh, in, in addition to religious uh, organizations who have objections to the fact that there's no religious objection or no religious exemption mm-hmm. to the mask mandate. So, um, you know, the oral arguments were very interesting to listen to. I found it very interesting yesterday that the Department of Health basically said when they were asked about the process, they just kept going back to the fact that, COVID is a pandemic and everybody needs to be safe. And people were like, no, 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 no. But what about the process? And they're like, well, but this is a deadly virus. And they're like, well, what about the process? Right. And um, process matters. Yeah. And they were like, well, process doesn't matter. And also, uh, we also need to treat everybody as though they actually have COVID or will get COVID uh, when we're doing these things. And um, it really didn't seem like it was an argument that judges on the Commonwealth Court uh, were buying yesterday. It'll be interesting to see their opinion. Um, but certainly, that's not the last uh, stop for this case. Uh, which will likely go to the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court. That being said, uh, there is uh, another uh, way in which that's being challenged today, which is through the Joint Committee on Documents. Uh, basically, the same argument that, that the, 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 reg- the, the, the mask mandate did not go through the Regulatory Review Act, absent the emergency declaration from the governor, that there is no way to bypass the Regulatory Review Act when agencies do stuff. So part of that is actually having the, the thing be approved by the Joint Committee on Documents, which it was not, uh, and they'll be discussing that later today. So that'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in, the, in the coming days and weeks as, as further things happen on that. Going into next week, uh, it's going to be a very exciting week. Uh, you know, we've talked for a long time about economic recovery. Uh, here and we're going to continue our work on that and workforce development by reducing barriers to employment, uh, making it easier for people who are uh, specially trained to get uh, licensed and, and operate, especially if you have already been trained in those skills. Uh, veterans, veteran spouses, uh, you know, out of state people like nurses to help in workforce development in the healthcare field, international nurses uh, to be able to come in and do that stuff. So uh, we have reducing barriers to employment on the schedule for next week. Um, Starting the discussion on uh, good government and government ethics, Um, there's going to be a package of bills on lobbying reform and even a gift ban that's going to be coming out of the House State Government Committee uh, next week that will start that overall legislative discussion on... um, on, on what's going to be going on in terms of, uh, you know, government reform and, and ethics uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and then finally, I think another interesting area that we're going to be starting the conversation on is, um, is, is, is mental health and substance abuse uh, issues and combating that. So uh, the, the Human Services Committee, I know, will be taking up a, a few bills um, to, uh, to, to, to look at those issues, which will further that discussion in November. So uh, starting the discussion on a lot of things next week, but also really tackling this issue of, uh, of workforce development and reducing barriers to employment and uh, trying to combat the uh, negative effects of Joe Biden's economy here in Pennsylvania by making it easier for people to find jobs. Good. That all sounds like good stuff. And of course, uh, you know, next week we'll find out if the East Wing escalator can stay running for an entire week. It was back up and running yesterday. So we'll we'll start the countdown. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, I always say those those escalators uh, are stopped under the weight of uh, inst- too many insane days here in the Capitol, <laughs> and uh, we will definitely have a few of those next week. So everybody get prepared. All right. Well, I'm excited. You shouldn't be, but we all are. All right. Thank you. Uh, this has been another Pennsylvania Polish podcast. You can find this uh, podcast where all your favorite PA House GOP podcasts are found at www.pahousegop.com slash my podcasts. 